Hi friends, my name is Annie Camps and welcome to the Queen of Communication. This podcast is centered all around helping you prepare for your next pageant. Whether you're a seasoned title holder or just starting out, these mock interviews, tips, tricks, and real life stories can help anyone become a better communicator and hopefully secure the title of your dreams. Episode 3 is going to focus completely on nonverbal communication. As an instructor of the speech class at Illinois State University, I know how important it is to be an effective communicator and have a hold on your nonverbals. Basically, with nonverbal communication, you are communicating all of the time, even if you're not saying anything. So standing upright, having a power posture, having good eye contact can help show the interviewers that you're ready to take on the job of whatever title you're competing for. And although you may have all of the perfect answers to all of their hardest questions, your nonverbals may be saying something different. So it's important to evaluate that and get some tips that might help you become a better queen of communication. Let's get started. If you didn't already know, nonverbal communication is so important in pageant interviews because from the moment you approach the front of the room, you're communicating with your interviewers. Your behaviors will indicate whether you're prepared to present yourself as a title holder, whether you're confident in what you have to offer, and answering their hardest questions. Your interviewers will not know of your effort unless you communicate your preparation through your delivery and showing them you are ready to take on the responsibility and privilege of that title. The first thing your interviewers will see are your actions before you ever speak a word. So these actions should be consistent with the amount of time you spent in preparing for this moment to answer these questions to prove why you should be given this title. Having great delivery will enhance your credibility as a title holder and prove that you've done the work behind the scenes to be great at the job that they hopefully give you. The first component of nonverbal communication is eye contact. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's something very easy to integrate into your interviews that will make you seem like a more confident communicator, even if you necessarily aren't. So what I try and do is make eye contact with every single interviewer in the room. So for example, if I'm asked a question from a judge all the way on the left, I will answer that with enough time to pan and make eye contact with all of the other judges so that I can acknowledge that they're there, so they can see that I see them, and finish off answering with eye contact on who asked me the question. So if you're answering something very quickly, you may not have time to do that. You may only be able to look at your one judge. But once you're finished, panning to the room so that you're prepared for the next question shows that you're confident to look everyone in the eye and to communicate and make everyone feel involved. That's the main reason why eye contact is so important in pageant interviews. You can only answer one judge's question at a time, but yet you want to make all of them feel like you're talking to them, like they're included in your conversation, and like they want to talk to you after you're done. And the best way to do that is to look into their eyes. Now, I'm not saying into the soul. Don't stare at everyone intently. 
<laughs> it of course has to be natural. But make sure you're panning. Make sure your head is on a swivel, there's a rotation, and you're giving every single person the eye contact that they need. It's important to remember as title holders, even if they never ask you a question, you should look them in the eyes. The second component to nonverbal communication is your body, and it seems pretty obvious, but it's important to remember posture and gestures when you're speaking. So I have a struggle with posture. I have already put notes in my own binder that I need to work on keeping my shoulders back and my head up when answering. Instead of leaning into the conversation, I need to stand with that invisible crown on my head. So one thing for posture, when before you walk on stage or before you walk in your interview, I always roll my shoulders back a couple times, feel those shoulder blades touching, take a deep breath, and pull my ribs in. Now having a good tight core means that your entire body is going to be level and you're going to have a great tall standing posture. With that, in the interview, it's important to keep your posture. I didn't. I dropped mine immediately. And now I don't look horrible. I definitely am not standing as tall and strong as I wanted to or as I will in my Miss Illinois interview. With gestures, those are very important too because you want to make sure you're adding emphasis on the important parts of your answers but you also don't want crazy hands that are taking attention away from your words. One tip I give my students is to keep your gestures within your box. So that would be from the top of your chest and then to your hips. So from that little box in your mid-abdomen area is where you can keep your gestures. So they're kind of compact, but they're not very small, but you're also not waving your arms above your head. That will make it easier for people who have maybe lower shoulder dresses or people who sweat a lot and don't really want to lift up their arms because of pit stains, if we're being honest here, right? So having gestures staying in a nice space in front of you allows you to add meaning and emphasis to specific words without having your arms flailing back and forth. I also have gotten into the habit of holding my hands in front of my body between questions. Some people may want to put their arms down to the side of them. Personally, I think that I would fidget and my hands would get sweaty. So when I hold them in front of myself, I'm able to add pressure and then release my hands when I want to add a gesture that has value. The third aspect to nonverbal communication we're going to talk about today is your face. It literally is your face. Is your face matching what you're saying? I had a funny experience with this. I was interviewing with some friends and we talked about the passing of my uncle, which I'm very vocal about. It's something I'm very comfortable talking about. But after my interview, they all told me that it was kind of weird that I was smiling the entire time I was talking about my dead uncle, which now looking back, I can see why my face didn't match what I was talking about. Although that was a serious adversity that I'm still dealing with today, if I'm smiling and I'm cheery about it, my nonverbals don't match the cue and the moment that I'm talking about. So it's very important to remember that 
Your face speaks a million words. And when they ask you a question that you're passionate about, you're going to smile and light up. And remember to bring that through every question so they don't see your face drop. With that being said, if they ask you something a little bit more in depth, a little bit deeper, maybe a current event question, a political question, remembering you don't always have to have the biggest smile and you can get serious for a moment because some topics need serious answers. So with your face, just remember that your expressions speak louder than your words. And if you have a variety of using your eyebrows, using your different smiles, using pauses with your face, using your eye contact with a smile to articulate to the group that you are there with them and you're communicating to everyone, you will be great at communicating non-verbally. So make sure your face matches your message. The last aspect to nonverbal communication we're going to talk about is movement. And I wanted to save this to the end because it's a little bit more of an intricate topic for pageant women who are interviewing. So typically when you're giving a speech or you're speaking in front of individuals, you have a stage, you're walking back and forth, you're trying to captivate and take up as much of the area as you can. When you're in an interview, you're usually in a small space there's a podium and there's not a lot of opportunity for you to obviously walk around and talk to each person. So it's important to practice what you're going to do and have a plan for when you go into the interview that includes your movement. For example, if there's a podium in the interview room that I am going to, I never stand behind it. I am a smaller woman, I am only 5'4", and so I don't want to be covered completely by a podium. As well, usually that means if my hands are rested on it, they're rested way too high for my figure and I look kind of funny. So I always walk directly in with great posture to the front of the room and then to the side of the podium. I stand in a T with my right leg forward and my hands crossed in front of myself holding each other. Kind of imagine you're holding a little piece of paper in front of yourself in a very dainty way, I guess you could say. So I stand in this pose, aside the podium, not behind it, and I present them with a smile. So, with movement, if there's a judge all the way to the left and a judge all the way to the right, you want to make sure you are facing the most audience. So if I was asked from the left a question, my eye contact and my face would move to the right, and I may shift my right leg slightly so my hips are more facing the other side of the room. Therefore, my entire body is kind of shifting as I answer this question while looking at my different interviewers. It's important to have a smooth movement like that so that you can move pressure from your back leg to your front leg so you don't buckle your knees and pass out. I've had a lot of experiences where I can feel my legs start shaping, shaking, and I have to reevaluate my stance. So taking that little shift in your hips and presenting your body towards the different side of judges shows them that you're trying to equal out your nonverbal to include everyone, even though you may just have to get some movement out. But practicing that and knowing what 
movement problems you have, if you shake your legs, if you sway back and forth, if you want to put your arms on those podiums and not move them at all, those are all things you should be aware of before you walk into that interview room. Huh. <laughs> Good Facebook message. I'm not going to record this because, re-record this because I'm on a tangent. But regardless, if you can even get a look in your interview room prior, I suggest that to a lot of people and myself. That way you'll be comfortable with the location you're walking into, what it looks like, how you'll be facing, how you'll present the judges. If you have absolutely no idea the room you're even interviewing in, how can you be comfortable with how you're going to walk in and present yourself? So if you can, I'll always ask your directors if you can take a peek. Or maybe look it up on Google ahead of time, <laughs> like I have. That is it for episode 3 of the Queen of Communication, focusing all on nonverbal communication in your pageant interview. Please let me know if this podcast is helping you, questions that you have, topics you want me to cover, or just reach out if you want to connect. Follow me on Instagram so you can follow my journey to Miss Illinois for the third time. And I hope that through this content and through my podcast, you are becoming a queen of communication. <laughs>